The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 17th. 2022 season 18 episode number 73 welcome to the latest edition of the break life nest wbc mortgage studios at the star we're presented by miller light the only beer of the dallas cowboys we appreciate you guys joining us got nick amber brian all in studio today feels like it's been a while since it's been all of us but we're ready to give you <laughs> that's guys... on me yesterday i'm sorry no it's all good man it's been it's been one of those weeks we've had different people out for different reasons uh. so it's good to have everybody back in studio we got a lot that we're going to get into today I want to start first with a couple transactions that happened um, and, and get some scouting reports on some of the players that the Cowboys have signed to their practice squad. Two in particular, Tack McKinley, Antonio Callaway. What do we know about these players? Well, the thing, the thing that I – with, with Tack McKinley and coming out of UCLA, that was the thing that the, the Cowboys were very, very interested in him. And yep, it was kind that. of debatable where – you know, was he going to get selected or not? You know, and how that was all kind of going down. Um, he's an interesting player because he was super active when you watched him coming out of college. He was a pass rusher. He was a physical player at the point of attack. He, you know, he had some uh, he had some juice to his game. He really did. You watched him play. You're like, man, this guy's really getting in after it today. He goes with Dan Quinn, Atlanta, and all those things. They kind, you know, don't really. You know, they don't. He doesn't play to the level that he wants. That you kind of thought he was. It maybe a little bit like what you thought with Taco. You know, you watch mm-hmm. and you're thinking, you, and you're like going, "Okay, well, this guy flashes some some good things." I, I think McKinley was a better player than Taco myself. Just coming out of watching him play, you know, at one at UCLA, one at Michigan, and then you know, he, he just kind of. Everywhere he went, there was the, that that kind of that. Well, can you control him? Can emotionally, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about his game that you were kind of just, you know, the teams were looking into. They were having to really dive into, you know, and and you get to a point, certain point in time where now with your the ability to use the practice squad with veteran players, you can maybe give a guy another chance instead of saying, well, I have to commit to this guy to be on the 53. But I I, I thought coming out of UCLA. This guy had a lot of ability to rush the passer. I thought he had a lot of ability to be able to play the run, you know, and be physical when he had to. And, you know, they're in a situation right now where they're trying to find some defensive ends that can hold that point. You know, what what Kerr said yesterday I thought was really, really good. He didn't call out names. He's calling out positions. Hey, we got to be better at defensive end if you talk about that. Because we got to be better at linebacker when it comes to filling. we got to be better at corner when it comes to supporting. You know, he didn't say players' names, but he said what they needed to do, playing their assignment. So, you know, you, you, can't, you can't expect – you know Charles Haley to come walking through that door and save you, or any you know any anybody anybody that's ever played here that's been good against the run. That's just not going to happen. So you have to make these moves where, you know, Dan Quinn, the staff can maybe say, well, with Tack, this is what we kind of had with him in Atlanta. You know, maybe maybe he's a you know maybe he's better than than what you have what you have right now that you're playing with, and you can work with that and then make that part of you know part of your rotation. But it's. It's a move that just you, you kind of just looking. You're looking for you know it's it's probably not going to solve your issues totally, 
but at least it's you're trying to find guys that can can play that way. Nick, I remembered. Uh, well, I think it was yesterday <clears throat> you were talking about the defensive end position. You were like, "I just have a feeling," and you preface it with that this yeah, is not know. something I'm hearing, but I'm having a feeling that one of these guys is gonna get washed out. And then this happens, and obviously he was signed to practice squad, so that doesn't mean that yeah. that he's necessarily moving into someone's spot. But who becomes the person that has to now start maybe thinking about looking over their shoulder if he if he can be a better fit for them again against the run? Well, they they don't have that many. I mean, they they don't have a a need for all of these guys. Yeah, uh, and and the, those guys are. I mean, if you're a veteran defensive end who's not making a lot of plays, Dante Fowler. Yeah. Uh, Basham. Yeah. I mean, I, and I mean making plays for the Cowboys because some of them make plays for the other teams, hmm. but I'm talking about making plays for your your team. Uh, if you're not doing that on a regular basis, then yeah, I think you should you should you know. And now now Tech McKinley, it's just a, like like Brian said, it's just a look see. Yeah. That's that is what that's the best thing that's come out of twenty uh, out of the COVID twenty twenty rules and all that yeah. is how they do the practice squad. It lets guys like that have a shot to get back in the league and and prove themselves at at a a you know a minimum cost. And also it's just the way they elevate. They just elevate on game day and then bring them back down. And well, you we know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Anymore. I was just gonna say. I, I need to get past the point of like the old mentality of when Jason Garrett was still here and that type of team and what they did because I find myself being like well they wouldn't do that but it's like no okay we've seen things that Mike McCarthy has done for example Tristan Hill and I wasn't here when you guys had that discussion but when I saw the news on my phone I was like oh wow i wasn't necessarily expecting that kind of move to happen. So I'm caught up in this whole thinking of like, they wouldn't do this. This is not what they do. This is what they do. But it's like, okay, move past that. And now you realize, or I need to start learning now, Mike McCarthy's move mentality, the things that he does do, because we sit here and we talk about certain things and then he he's shown that he he's not necessarily afraid to make certain calls or move in midseason. So it's interesting and very refreshing actually to see those kind. Of, it's not huge, but at well, least yeah. trying to make oh, it no, some I, type of change. I think you're absolutely right. I think this started with Jalen Smith. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, when when Dan Quinn, you know, it, for so many years, and you're right, Ambar, it was. No, we we like Jalen. Jalen's our guy. That's our guy. Yeah, coaches get in that mode or that mindset where they're like, no, no, we we like this guy. We like, you know, he could play. It really took Dan Quinn coming in here and saying, why is Jalen Smith on this team? You know, I I can't use him like I want to use him. You know, and all of a sudden now, you know, people in the front office are like, okay, Tristan Hill. Well, why is Tristan Hill here? Well, I can't use him like I want to use him. Okay, well then move on. See, that's I think you're absolutely right. It's the mentality now is like, listen, we don't have time to wait for you. I mean, it, it look at what's going on at receiver right now. We, we we've done shows and radio shows talking about Odell Beckham. You know, it's it's not like, oh no, we they, they'll tell you, yeah, we love our receivers until all of a sudden all the receivers start playing and you're not getting exactly everything you want out of the position. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to go. That part of it is very refreshing. That they're not just going to sit there and say, "Oh no, this is this is fine." You know, they realize they have an issue with the running game or defending the running game. They they realize that, and they're you know is like I say, can you make enough moves? They tried to make a move with Hankins to give him a bigger inside presence to go with Bohan and those guys. 
good for you. It helps because you can see some stuff going on now. Again, you know, we have to you have to play the right scheme and go the right way and do all that stuff. If you know they're asking you to do those things. But to me, it's 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 very refreshing that they're just not going to sit there and hope that it's going to fix itself. Yeah. Let's add some pieces to this and see if that that piece. And to Nick's point, Nick's not calling out, uh, you know, uh, Fowler and Basham and those guys. He's just telling you honestly, though. Hey, they've got to step up their game too. You know, if you want to be on the fifty-three, there's expectations here of getting of trying to win this division, going in the playoffs, going further. You can't just you just can't be a guy that's like Parcells used to say, just riding the bus. You know, hanging out is you know a strap, just waiting around, holding on. You know, there's too many guys that are not big defensive ends that like to rush the passer that don't hold the edge, and it starts. And Micah's one of them, and Sam Williams is another. And those guys are going to be here, obviously. I mean, obviously, and, and they should be. But I mean, Golston maybe Golston yeah, yeah. might be the yeah. guy that that plays a little more, right? And and you know, if you're gonna you know, some size in there that can slide inside, play play some end, traditional end, you know, or maybe Anthony Barr if he gets back. I, I don't know. I, he's I don't know if he helps the, the problem or, or not. But, but yeah. something's got to give. You're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, and, and you know, it's probably not all going to stick. Now, we, we all have been kind of listening to the, the, the talk of Odell Beckham Jr. and that yesterday the Cowboys signed Antonio Callaway to the practice squad. Were you at all shocked by that, knowing that they got James Washington, who we think should be ready at some point here soon? Is it all at all shocking that they would go out and add another veteran to the practice squad under those circumstances? Or was this just a situation where they just need more depth? They need more need bodies. Some depth. Need some depth. Need some bodies. And need, need some guys that, that have played it. I mean, it's, you know, Fajoko's still on IR. Yeah. I mean, he's just it's just throwing stuff out there, and 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 maybe you know if he gets ready to play, they, they trust him more than who else they have on the. I mean, like Houston and Drummond. Houston Drummond, yeah. yeah. Well, he's you a veteran. Know, he's a veteran. You have to keep an eye. And Michael Gallup got back in the game and he finished the game, but when that happened, you know, you're like, oh crap, what's gonna happen here? Yeah. You're, you already kind of don't have many guys to begin with, so I'll, I'll be curious to see what have. I mean, if he's hundred percent back. I don't even know which leg was it that he in kind of banged I up. I don't even remember. He was back before I. Yeah, yeah. He he was back in. It was fine. But it's just something to keep an eye on as well. And when you look at con- uh, contracts and all that, I mean, signing a guy like Kim versus Odell is very, very different. Mm-hmm. So I would have, you know, you f- find somebody that can kind of add some depth in there and help you out. But yeah, if you lose Michael Gallup. Right now, I don't know what the heck you do. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think that to me, the Washington and Beckham is tied together. I, I believe I said that last week. Uh, that if they go and get Beckham, then maybe they don't have to hurry Washington into the mix as quickly as they might need to. But if they don't get Beckham. Now they've protected themselves. They've got Washington. We'll see what happens with Drummond and Houston. And then, you know, also with Callaway. Callaway was a guy that was a very talented player coming out of Florida. He just got caught in some really bad situations. There was a credit card scam at Florida that caused mm-hmm. him some problems. There were some some suspensions. Was for, off the field kind of Yeah, stuff. off the field stuff that people are kind of like going, huh, okay, uh, well. Maybe we'll have this guy off the board, but that was several years ago. So now you're in a situation where 
you know, you look at a guy that's he's got the measurables, he's got the speed, and you're like, well, let's let's take a chance on this. Let's take a chance on a guy that, you know, that we we liked coming out of college. He's been kind of bouncing around a little bit, and it's again like Nick's talking about. It's the practice squad. It's it's minimal. It's minimal payment. It's it's not a 53 man ro- roster spot. And if you do something wrong and they don't like you, they could just move away from you without ever having any issues with it. And I say this, and and obviously, you know, knowing Brian can speak to this even more but when you do the draft process and you have all of these scouts that do these extensive research on players it's not just for the 10 guys you're going to draft and the 12 guys you bring on free agency it's when three or four years down the road Mm -hmm. when McKinley and Callaway don't pan out you go back to your notes and say all right Brian brought us. Yeah. What did you think about this yeah. guy back then, and what has changed, or what is he still the same guy? And and that's why you do all this stuff. And that's why we do the draft show. Yeah, because you guys know these guys. It's, you're only a few years removed. Oh, see this. I mean, you, if you talk about just the skill level of what you get with Callaway, I mean, this is a very natural player. Effortless, I think, was the words you know that we've used to, to talk about him. The way that he was moved, there was a smoothness to his game, and all that. Again, that was five, six years ago. But but that's that's kind of Nick's right. You go back and you're saying, listen, we really weren't too high on this guy. Matter of fact, we probably had him off the board. But you know, hey, we've got a situation at wide receiver right now, and that's what the practice squad's doing. We're testing guys out to see if they're better than you know, are they better than the other two practice squad guys we have, or are they better than say your fifth receiver or sixth receiver that's playing in these games every week. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to launch into our uh, breakdown of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Dallas Cowboys. Promise we will. We'll do a little offense and defense. We've got to jump around a there little you bit go. there. Uh, we'll do it when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. 
to the break. Knock out all of your holiday shopping during back-to-back days of Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style. While you're out at the Star for Cowboys Christmas extravaganza on November 18th, make sure and shop the 30 festive vendors while enjoying carolers, hot chocolate, and more. It's from the Star, 4 to 9 p.m., November 19th. Go to thestardistrict.com for more information. Speaking of shopping, it's now Labor Day after that read. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we just went right past all right, New Year's Eve. you're done with that, it's just, it's seriously, it's like wear green, St. Patrick's Day. Hey, like, yeah. Ah. Enjoy some hot chocolate. Speaking yeah. of shopping, have you guys but, started working on my 50th birthday present yet? Yeah, Sean, Sean Lee. Sean, Lee Sean Lee's coming back. <laughs> Sean Lee's coming back to give you a cake. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was one was of the that, all-time. That was your 50th. Yeah. Nick, Nick, oh, yeah. Nick did a very nice yeah. thing. He yeah. did. We That's when Nick and Dave Helm and I yeah. were upstairs. Yeah. Upstairs at the we used to be upstairs. That tells you how long ago it was. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, and Sean Lee cold. and Nick. Uh, did had, he have a jersey on? Uh, he did. Practice jersey. He, 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 he wore. He, did. he goes, yeah. he goes, hey, I heard it was your. Yeah, he was very gracious. Very nice. Right now, Sean Lee and his wife are enjoying fish tacos somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. They're probably somewhere in California. They used to love enjoying to get on the bikes life. and ride yeah. and enjoy, you know, what a nice guy. So what we need, we got Mickey's coming up here. We, we got a lot. We Amber's need, coming up. We Mickey's need, the day before me or after we me. We need I'm Zach like, Martin to do that. Oh, really? For Zach Martin for Mickey? Yes. Oh, wow. Mickey does not look that old. I told you nah, yesterday, he is it's holding, that Italian up really guy. Nice holding up really nice for yeah. that age. Like, yeah. He's got a little of that. Uh, he's got a little Seattle Seahawks coach. He's got a little of that guy to him, you know? That guy's 70. What, just chewing gum all the time? No, just looking <laughs> like he's not 73 years old, you know what I'm Pete saying? Pete Carroll, 73? Pete, he's, he's, yeah, he's the oldest coach in the league, I believe. Yeah, wow. we got a lot of people. Our producer, Jazz, just said her birthday's coming up here in, this, in December yeah, December well. 12th. So everybody, when, when are you? 28th. Okay, you're the 28th. Yeah. Mickey, I think it was the day before me. Mickey's I think it's the, the 11th. 11th. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the 12th. Yeah. yeah. Amber's 8th. Two crusty right? guys. Yeah. Void. I will not say my age. But Can we guess? December 8th? It, what's funny <laughs> is like, you guys talking about that, we're all hitting like... Num- those milestones? Yeah, big numbers here. Yeah. So. I'm, oh, is yeah. it a big number for you I this year? I think he gave it away. <laughs> Are you 30? Yeah. What? No, I'm 20. <laughs> 20? Yes. <laughs> 20 plus 21. What? Now I can drink. That's a big milestone. I'm turning 21. See, this is what you do when you get to that age. You just say, I'm celebrating my 21st anniversary. Hey, I'll be 59. The anniversary of my 21st birthday. Like, just yeah. stick with 21. You can stick there. All right. Let's uh, let's jump in. Minnesota offense versus Dallas defense. You were really young when you started with us. Just keep, keep throwing stuff to make me more depressed. Yeah. All right. Run you defense. Look at this, you look at this. Vikings. You look at this. Uh, this Vikings offense. Yeah. And Nick didn't do it yesterday, I, huh? <laughs> he did. He did. Jefferson's going to catch it, and Thielen's going to run routes, and yeah. Cook's going to run it. And when he gets tired, Madison's going to come in, and he's going to run it. And since it's not a primetime game, Kirk Cousins is probably going to play pretty well. And then you're going to hear that horn, and when you hear that horn, you, usually some bad's happening. Bad's happening to your team. And that's bad. And that's the thing. That is bad. Okay, so Brian, here's my question for you. Attack Ed Ingram. That's all he forgot right there, the you, right guard. No, but go ahead. The, the pass him. defense, defense, uh, pass offense, and the rush offense, both are good. Right. Which one do you think is better? Uh, I think I'm going to say the way they run the football. Because what, to me, it, it really, man, I don't know. 
I say run the ball pass offense because of the receivers they have with now the tight end. Mm-hmm. And you could even include K.J. Osborne in that group mm-hmm. with Thielen. And then, They're deep at the wide receiver. Position. Yeah, they really are. They're hard to cover. Uh, and you know, But this guy will throw you some balls sometime. You just got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for him to make mistakes. I think what they do running the ball kind of scares not just because it's the Cowboys because I'm always scared of teams that have the ability and this back is both these backs they were single digit numbers one wears four one wears two and they look like the same guy playing mm-hmm. you know it's but with Cook you get this attack the line and then if it's kind of muddy or not clean he bounces it and so now you're like you got all these bodies trying to stop a run and then he just bounces the ball to the outside, and now it's you know it's a instead of a gain of one, it's a gain of seven or eight because he's able to bounce the ball, um, you know. And it's both these backs; they're just they're both very physical. They're downhill players. I, I think that if you the thing the problem is when they throw the ball is they do a great job. This this coach and you know and and hey, I love Mike Zimmer. You know, Mike and I worked together. We all worked with Mike Zimmer. We all know Mike Zimmer and. I think Kevin O'Connell coming in here, though, has given this offense a totally different look. And, I mean, when you start to talk about the combinations of routes and stuff, the crossers, the, you know, the, the rub routes, the things, you know, that, that's I'm, – I'm envious. I really am. It's that Rams attack where they're bringing guys across the field. There's deep routes. There's, there's combinations with – with tight bunch formations and scattering. What happened to the Cowboys last week in that game? You know, the tight formation, all of a sudden it's like, you know, the, the, the receiver's on the, the, the nickel and now it's a, across the field for a touchdown right there. And, you know, so they're going to have their hands full. They're going to have their hands full playing pass defense. This is just Justin Jefferson. I, me personally, I, being an LSU guy, I thought Chase was better than Jefferson. I really, really did. And to this day, I still Jefferson has just elevated his game to a whole nother level. But you know, he had a bad game. He had one of his worst career stat games against the Cowboys last year. Mm-hmm. And there, I, you know, if you're if it's Diggs or whatever, whatever that game plan was to take care of him, you know, kind of dust that one off and bring it back. But I mean, the thing with Kevin O'Connell, he's a different kind of play caller, and I think that's the problems you run into. But you know the running game will be a problem too because of this the way these two backs are. Where's their weakness? If you if you catch them on the if you catch them up front, then there's there an LSU guy starting at right guard for him. Uh, Ed Ingram is starting for him at guard, and he's the guy that tends to kind of struggle a little bit, uh, you know, because of his lack of experience. He's kind of a, he's a powerful guy, but there's a little bit of that. You can see him get over the tops of his skis, gets a little top heavy. You know, you can work around him. Um, the We'll see what happens. Christian Derisaw is really good, but he's on the injured list right now. I think he's in the concussion protocol. If he can't line up and play, boy, that would be a big loss because that's the left tackle. So the left tackle, if he's out, keep an eye on that. And if you're going to attack a spot, I believe it's the right guard Ed Ingram is because the rookie, he just doesn't he just doesn't have the feel yet for how rushers work him. You know, he'll okay. get that experience there for sure. Nothing the, he said has it's really not fun. Been it's not fun to watch. No, it's not fun to watch. To expect if, for you're, this if you're a Viking fan, you should be excited about your yeah. offense. Now, okay, on the defensive side of the ball, though, real quick here, though, we'll see what happens with Zadarius Smith. He's on their injured list. Him and Daniil Hunter, the two 
defensive ends are good players. They stand up. They're kind of like what Micah does. Uh, they rush standing up. They'll put their hand down. But both of these guys have a really good feel for how to attack. Um, but, you know, teams have moved the ball on the Vikings. It, they give up yards. They do. They give up some plays. I'm going to say this, too. They got a rookie corner starting for him, uh, Caleb uh, Evans. And he, he, he really had a problem last week against Diggs. You know, I mean, you can run routes on him. You can get open on him. And Patrick Peterson, this team is really – they're second in the league in turnovers. They think they got 18. But they they do a good job of – yeah, they turn the ball – they get turnovers and stuff like that. But there's a couple of areas you can attack. I think you can attack the corner Evans. And I think Patrick Peterson at times, you can spin him around. I think he guess, he's a little bit more of a guesser now with the routes and stuff. He's trying to guess – where the routes are going to go, he's not as the you know he was like a shut down guy at one time. I think there's a little bit of some you know a little bit of slippage in his play. So to me, the cornerbacks, and then Harrison Smith, you know Harrison Smith as a safety has been an All Pro for a lot of years. It's starting to show though the wear and tear on him is uh, is pretty evident there. So maybe the tight ends could get a little more involved. So this will be a game that defending their offense could be very much a problem. They're going to have some problems having to defend you as well, so keep an eye on both those. When you look at their offensive production, um, the Miami game stands out to me as yes. one where they didn't have a lot of production. They were under, Miami covered, under 200 yards passing, yes. 156. Uh, even in the, in the Philadelphia and Washington games, they had a hard time running the ball. They did. What happened in those three games particularly? What were those defenses able to do to limit Washington, Minnesota? we all know firsthand Washington will not let you run yeah. the football. Okay, Miami, down. it was like 9,000 degrees in that game. It was one of those early season games, and they got they wore down. And I think what happened, Miami's really good on the outside at corner covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miami's got some big inside guys, too, that kind of make it, uh, make it a little bit of a problem for you to run. But the both games, though, the Commanders game, and then the uh, and then the also right. the uh, the game that I saw Dolphins. against the Dolphins, yeah. both teams tackled really really well in that game. I mean both bo- I mean they, both times the Dolphins. I mean they did not give they did not give these receivers any space. I went back and I was watching that game and I'm thinking like, man, this is not as good as. What you thought? And Philadelphia, you know, I didn't see the Philadelphia game, but we know Philadelphia has a really good secondary. You know, so if you get up on these guys, press them a little bit, you know, harass them a little bit. We saw last week though in the Buffalo game, this guy's capable of making catches. You know, but all that Buffalo defender had to do was not a fourth down and sixteen was knock the ball away, not try and intercept it, and then the game's over. You know, but they try for the interception and Jefferson comes down with the ball. But these teams that have these really good secondaries and are able to play the run, uh, you know, kind of do a much better job against them. Yesterday, uh, J. Ron Kurse and Neville Gallimore both uh, spoke to the media. I know Patrick talked specifically to Neville Gallimore, Patrick Walker uh, of DallasCowboys.com. Mm-hmm. And both of them kind of agreed and, and talked a lot about how they think that the fixing that fixing the run defense for them is about focus. It's about urgency. It's about yeah. everybody doing their jobs. Do you guys agree that it's that simple? It really is. You got the right personnel in place. They just need to be more focused on doing their jobs rather than being heroes. And do you think that's the right answer? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's a scheme though. It, it's it's got to it's a commitment to stopping the run and not getting yourself out of position and looking for the the big plays on the outside. I mean, it's it's got to be the players too. The players have to buy in. They have to say, all right, we we've got to stop this run. If we can stop this run, then we can do that. I mean, you have to. You know, it's 
this is the eating the vegetable so you can eat something <laughs> afterwards. I mean, this is what you have to do yeah. to do that. And and I they're not. They're not right now. They're, they're trying to make all these plays. They're going around blocks. And this starts from the very top of the defensive players on that list to the bottom. All yeah. of them. Yeah, absolutely right there. I mean, to me, it's, you know, as great as Micah Parsons is, you can't run around this, these blocks in this league and expect to make plays. You know, maybe you get away with it when you're playing Indiana and Northwestern and, you know, those people. But you, you can't do that in these – not with these backs. Not with these backs. You run around blocks. You go behind guys. That's just, that just, you know, angles and all that stuff. But the, I think Curse is absolutely right. I love what he said yesterday. He, he, he went in – he had a purpose with how he figured out how to, you know, talk into the media. What, you know, it wasn't calling out teammates. It was calling out position groups. He was saying, hey, we're not very good at defensive end because we're getting hooked. You know, we're not very good at linebacker because we're not shooting the gap when we're supposed to. We're not doing a good enough job at safety and corner and filling when we need to fill. I mean, he, he, he basically he laid it out for you, the problems that they have. And to Nick's point is when you're told to run an assignment, like I was talking about last week, you know, I learned something yesterday about the situation. You know, I thought they were running a double twist stunt on the Long Jones run that went for the touchdown. No, it's a the defensive tackle has to be there all slant right. It wasn't a double twist; it was slant right, and that's what happens if you don't slant. If you go the wrong way, it leaves a huge hole. That's your responsibility. Know your assignment, execute your assignment. That's how you play run defense. You know, effort, assignment, and finish. Those are all things involved, and you can't have just one of them. You got to have all three of them to be good, and I think that's what Curse was. And 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 I didn't hear Neville, but I heard Curse. That's what he's pointing out. We have to be better at playing our assignments and then figuring out a way to finish when we get an opportunity. My hope. Go ahead, Amber. I was just gonna say that what they both said. I mean, sounds simple enough and easy enough, but is it? I don't think so because this is nothing new. They've been struggling with this since week one. Even last year, going back to last year. So, yes, it wasn't necessarily hurting them because they were winning games. But now it's to the point where, okay, now it really is hurting them. It, they don't seem to find the right answer because it's like, yes, everybody do their job. And what really, really concerns me here, and I hope we'll see what the turn, what happens this weekend, but it's, can't we get to that point where now we're just finger pointing at each other and now you're creating some kind of division within the locker room and we know how that can become like and it just goes downhill from there. I don't think they're there at this point. I think this is a very tight group, competitive, and they'll try to their best for the better of the group. But you do have to kind of take a step back and just make sure everybody – like. All of y'all have been saying and what they were saying, just do your job. Yeah. You know, don't try to go extra because, you know, do too much. Just focus on what you have to do. And something you mentioned, I think it was when you were talking about the Green Bay Packers, um, their defense, I'm pretty sure. But it was something that just made me think. You were saying how he, the coach, the co- coordinator likes to keep everybody at their position, not right. really travel guys right. and move them around. And you mentioned how the Cowboys can do that, right. however. And I was thinking about that just back there. I'm like, oh, well, that means the Cowboys defense is pretty good because then they can follow and not get too confused and, you know, just be more creative in what they're doing and confuse people a little bit. 
But then now I'm going back to, can they yeah. be that? Or do you need to take a step back and try to kind of, quote unquote, simplify things a little bit and just make sure you just literally go back to basics and do what you have to do at your position? Yeah, and I think the thing that fans have to hope for is that their pride kicks in a little bit. Now you're saying, will they be willing to do this? They got embarrassed last week, and yeah. and it's all over everything. Everybody is talking about this defense that was supposed to be so great and so, you know, one of the best in the league, you know, approaching real great things as a defensive unit, and now everybody's like, I don't know, like they can't stop the run. They got embarrassed last week. And so if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to hope that their pride kicks in and they're like, whatever we got to do to not – have that being what is said of us, that's what I'm willing to do. If that yeah. means I'm not going to get the sack because I'm going to stay in this gap and I'm just going to stay in this gap, that means I'm going to hold this edge and that means I won't get upfield, but I'm going to hold this edge. That's what you got to hope is that their pride kicks in at this point because I don't. I think these are good players. And if you have good players that are committed to their assignment, I think you can do what you need to do. They may never be great at stopping the run. They can do enough to be good enough yeah. for their team to be able to function and win. What's What's scary and and Amber's absolutely right about this what's scary is curse went all the way back to San Francisco playoff game mm-hmm. you know and and Amber rightfully so brought up you know Tom Brady didn't have to win this game neither did Aaron Rodgers you know it was they they ran the football you know and so you know and this is and this is what you know Derek's talking about too and curse as well it does become pride. It does become like, listen, if you want us just to continue to let teams run over us all day, then we have the wrong people here, you know. And maybe that's what the Cowboys are thinking about too, with adding, you know, with, you know, with adding Tack McKinley and those guys like that. That that maybe you know, hey, we're not just going to sit here and let this just continue on. We're going to try and figure out a way to get the right people in here to play run defense if we have to. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. we got a little bit more to talk about about the Cowboys' offense. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little Sweets! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. 
The Bank of America Community Homeownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Tuesday, November 29th, you can head to the Star for some live music. It's a new monthly concert series called Sounds of the Star, featuring country rock band Western Rewind. The concert kicks off at 7 p.m., free and open to the public. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Welcome back. This is the final segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, real quick, we have a few more minutes left in the show. Question for you guys about Dak. How, if right now I ask you, how would you characterize uh, Dak's season so far, what would you say? Average. It's two and two as a starter. And, you know, he played really bad in the first loss. And uh, he was at, he was okay against Detroit, but the defense kind of bailed him out. And then they, they looked worse than uh, the game looked, you know, worse than it w- was. Um, and then, uh, then I think he played okay. And he played really good against the Bears. I mean, really good and not okay. He, he was really, really good against the Bears. And the reason why they blew them out, because they kept scoring. Mm-hmm. And then he was just okay against Green Bay. He made some good plays, but made some for, for the Packers as well. So right now, I would say he's average. Yeah, I think Nick's has nailed it right on the head. I, You know, to me, that we've talked about it a bunch on this platform we have here, that throwing the ball 40-some-odd times is not a great thing for Dak Prescott. You know, and I personally feel like that if Zeke would have played that game, it probably would have had a different game plan. You know, with a 14-point lead, you probably might have seen a little bit more Zeke for three, Zeke for four, Zeke for four, Zeke for three, Tony for 18. You know, I think you would have seen a little bit more of that. You know, and uh, you just, you know, it's it's there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver, uh, you know, we had Stephen A. Smith on from ESPN. He was on station on 105.3 this morning and talking about, you know, hey, they built a good team around this guy. It, this is on him. It's on if this team is going to have success in the seasonal and playoffs and Super Bowl, he's capable. And, you know, I agree with him on that. He just has to be more consistent. You know, it, it, you just can't have the 17 play brilliant drives of just bam, 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 bam down the field, every throw. And then the next time go two straight, three straight series of three and outs and, you know, have two three bad throws or turn the ball over. You know, and not all the turnovers are his fault, but I agree with Nick. It, it's just, there's just, it, it's just, a, it's, a, it's so inconsistent right now that you, you kind of like, you want to get excited and then two or three things happen in the next series that you're kind of like going, ah, well, he's just not capable of playing any better. And, you know, that's kind of what we are right now. Yeah, I agree with both of them. But if I was Kellen Moore, if I'm Kellen Moore, I'm trying to figure out how do I get Dak to have a better start. I think, and we see it with a few exceptions, you know, and you look at through his career, I think that has been a, a persistent problem where he becomes be- a better player in the second half of the game. But how can we figure out for him to, because if they get off to a good start, I think they have way better chances of winning games, especially with these all these close games. You're taking a lead and... Protect the ball. Don't take chances on throws that you don't need to throw. But then just 
And, and I don't know the answer here. I don't know how you get him. How how do, do you get a player? If he's better, in, yeah, I agree. If he's better in the second half, give him more opportunities in the second half. And by doing that, lean on your defense. Even though your defense is having trouble stopping the run and all that stuff, I would kick off to start. If you win the toss, kick off. Yeah, two, two of the three games that they've they 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 tried to go and very, be very aggressive in the Detroit game that backfired. Chicago was a situation where they they scored on the first four possessions of the game, and then in Green Bay, you're thinking, well, we're gonna you know we're gonna take the ball and we're gonna drive it, and, and it, that doesn't work out very well. So yeah, I'd it, rather not have them start at the 25 yard line and then and then try to drive it with the crowd the way it is. That crowd, we we see it all the time. The no, everybody thinks halftime's 30 minutes like high school, and it's not. It's and not. by the time you get back into your seat, it is dead as a doornail in the third quarter. Yep. Take the ball in a dome stadium like Especially that road, yeah. when everyone's still not back in your seat and go drive it down. But to start the game, towels are waving and all that mm-hmm. kind of crap, and then you're going to get three and out, and you punt it towards midfield, and then now they're going in. If you win the toss, kick it off. And see if your defense can stop them. And if you do, Turpin maybe makes a play. Now you're starting at the 40, 45-yard line, and you can go in. Did yeah. you say this the other day? I think you did, that in overtime you would have taken the wind. I would have. I... You mentioned it to me. I did. In all fairness, you mentioned it to me before they yeah. made the decision. You said, I think I might take the wind and here. And it's not just the yeah. wind yeah. And, the, and the whatever, you know, kicking that way. It's not just that. The way the rules are set up and the way your defense is – and. The way Aaron Rodgers had kind of got him carved up, he probably was going to go win it. So that that's probably why not. But if, if it would have been a situation where maybe you figured something out, I said it in New England. I said it the exact same thing in New England. I was like, I'm not taking the I'm taking the wind here. And that's what happens. You kick it off. Yeah. You stop them. Now all you got to do is go get a field goal. If they would have won, that, that's won what I, yeah. if they would have yeah. won the game, I thought about this later. If they would have won the game with a long touchdown, especially to CD. That game would have been exactly like the Patriots game from the year before. You're messing around with them. You're mm-hmm. better than them. You've had turnovers in the red zone. You're keeping them in the game. They're not really very good. Then they come back and tie the game, and then you get to overtime and you stop them and you go win with the bad weather and all that. It just didn't work out. But I, I think you got to look at wind and you got to look at that sometimes. I think that I think to me that the prospect of, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think the prospect of just having to kick a field goal if you could play good enough defense the mm-hmm. first time is a great advantage. Scoring that initial touchdown is the hard thing, especially for the Cowboys, because they're going to get a holding call along the way, or right. somebody's going to line up off sides, or something's going to happen, you know, along the way. I mean, it's pretty simple, you know. If you got a good enough kicker, it's an advantage to take the win and kick a fifty-yard field goal and get the hell out of there, right? You know, then then have to try and score Wait. a touchdown on taking the ball. You know what's weird? Wait till you get to the playoffs and a game goes to overtime, and, and now the rules are different. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see a completely different. Uh, it's going to yep. be like college strategy. Teams are not going to take the ball. No, you want to no. know what you got to do, right? Right. right. So now you want to kick off for yeah. sure, right? And then if you stop them, now you, all you do is kick a field goal and win. Yep. So it, it's going to be completely different uh, structure. Which there. is another reason why we were talking about it. You don't make different rules for the playoffs. No, because it changes be, the strategy. No, there's the going to be a team in Week 18, like that Raiders and mm. Chargers having to play to get in for a tie. And, and yeah. They get in the next week, and then the, it's a completely different. You know, that's mm. just stupid. Their playoff to me, the playoffs start in mid December. Every yep. game's a playoff game for about half the league. There you go. It is going to be for sure this year with all that's going on. No doubt. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys, Jonas. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll give you guys a, basically our wrap-up for the week, let you know what we think is going to happen this weekend. Cowboys versus Vikings. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!